You're very welcome to Tuesday afternoon's Late Lunch on LMFM Radio. Great to have you with us on the show once more this afternoon. Lots of guests and chat to come over the next couple of hours with wonderful music. Our two on Tuesday and my Artist of the Week, who of course this week is Mr. Christy Moore. If you want to get in touch with us on the show, the usual numbers are 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. Gets directly to me here in the studio in LMFM Radio. Now, I begin the show today with uh, something <laughs> that really caught my attention over the Christmas holidays. Uh, I keep an eye on the news early in the morning and one of my ports of call are BBC Breakfast. And honestly, I couldn't believe what I was seeing on the TV screen and neither could Ben Thompson or Naga Manchetti, the presenters either. You see, there's a TikTok internet sensation and he's a mouse. He's known as Mr. Jingles and his owner joins me on the line from Norfolk in the UK. I'm delighted to say hello to Martin Critchlow. Hi, Martin. Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm great and it's wonderful to have you with us on Irish Radio. Well, Martin, I'll tell you one thing. I was just so delighted to see you and Mr. Jingles on the TV screen because I have to let you in a little secret. Many moons ago when I was a young lad, I kept pet mice. And in fact, I got my first mouse in Coventry in England and brought him home with me to Ireland here and had him for a few years as well. So I'm into what you're into at the moment. Tell us about Mr. Jingles. How long have you had him? Uh, well, Mr. Jingles, he's, <laughs> he's been about quite a while. If you ever know the movie The Green Mile... Yes. Uh, he was in that. <laughs> <laughs> he was indeed. Uh, <laughs> so, so he doesn't like to disclose his age, uh, <laughs> but he he does make lots of, lots of videos, as as you've seen, as I've seen. Because as soon as we saw it on the BBC, we went looking, and my God, all of the videos that you posted on TikTok of him. How long have you had him? Uh, he's he's been with me probably about three years now. And is he your only mouse? Uh, no, I, uh, I I have a few others now. Because I, when I got Mr. Jingles, he's a little harvest mouse. He's the smallest uh, mouse we have in the UK. And uh, when, when I when I come across Mr. Jingles, I started looking into uh, what he was, and and then uh, I got into. Uh, breed and harvest mice for release back to the wild as the populations are low. Okay. Okay. And this fella is so close to you and you to him. You're nearly inseparable, the pair of you. Oh, yeah. He he goes everywhere. He's been to work with me. He's driven the forklift. He's been sitting. He comes in the lorry sometimes. Uh, when we go shopping in Tesco's, he sits on the trolley. And we go around and Put the items in, in the back. We get some looks then. <laughs> he's, uh, he's he's been he's been in the the local pub because he's a celebrity, so they don't mind him going for a little jar. Uh, <laughs> he's he's been he goes to the beach with a little towel and an umbrella. Uh, he does get about. <laughs> he, he, he gets about for sure. I'm just trying to picture him in Tesco with you. Has he his own club card? 
<laughs> I wish, uh, I'll tell you what, I wish he had because he cost me a fortune when he puts his stuff on my bill. <laughs> oh my, oh my, my, oh my. This is so, so enjoyable, I have to say. But look at, uh, how how does he travel about? Do you, I, I know he, you see him sitting on your shoulder and your hands are every, and everything. Do you carry him on your person or how do you take him around all those places? Uh, he, he, do, he, he sits inside my pocket usually. And uh, obviously, he, he just stays in there. And then, obviously, we just get him out. And uh, if, we're, if we're in the supermarket, he'll get out and get in the, get in the trolley. Uh, <laughs> like I say, <laughs> he goes to the park. He gets out and has a, has a little swing on the swing. Uh, <laughs> when we're driving the lorry, he's on the dash, so he can see so he can see what's what's out there. <laughs> <laughs> and did I see you? Had he a haircut or were you trimming his hair with the scissors? Yeah, yeah. I, I give him a little haircut. We set a little barber bit up for him and give him a little just sh- short back and sides. We don't take too much off, though. <laughs> <laughs> but Martin, you know, like for me, uh, this would be just fascinating to come across you and him. It wouldn't bother me in the slightest. I'd be actually just over the moon. But you know yourself. There are so many people have such a fear of mice. Do you ever get that reaction that people just run away or bolt when they see we, him with you? We, we do, we do, we do get that. But lately, because I've I've been on like a few radios and bits and bobs and the telly, like you see, he's starting to become like a little local celebrity. So in the local area now, people just know. Me and Mr. Jingles. But you, like you say, you get odd ones where it's a bit, ooh, it's a mouse. But it's actually, Mr. Jingles has actually uh, turned the corner for quite a lot of people because a lot of people who thought a little bit different about mice is now thinking the other way that well, they're not that bad. Yeah, so he's 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 uh, actually uh, dealing with the fears. You know, people who have a fear of mice are that he's making it, uh, you know, he's changing their perception and perspective on mice. I'll tell you one thing, you needn't bring him near our house because my wife would be just gone. I'd never see her again. That'd be the end of it if Mr. Jingles <laughs> appears. That That's certainly not going to happen in my life today. When he goes to the pub, does he, does he like to, does he like, the, does he like a little sip of alcohol or anything or a, 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 a nibble on a nut or a crisp or anything like that? Uh- well, he he he'll have a little bit of a lemonade, but sugar free. Okay. And uh, he will have a, a nibble on a packet of KP peanuts. Oh yes. So. Oh yes. <laughs> the mice love the nuts for sure. And and tell me this: like when he's at home, right? When he's not in celebrity mode, working with you, shopping in the pub, you name it. At home, of course, behind the scenes, he lives a normal type of mouse type of life. What's his 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 day like? Is he is does he sleep much? Does he uh, is he active during the night time? What? Well, harvest mice. They're, they're actually it's one of the only mice where it's actually it's active day and night. So what what he does, he, he seems like he'll have a couple of hours where he's he's active, and then. He'll disappear for an hour or so, then he'll be active, and he, he's on and off like that. So he's a uh, he's got his own. He, he he's obviously he's got a, a, a big tank what he lives in, but inside his tank he's also got a house. Uh, what what's built with furniture and bits and, and stuff like that. So he's got his own little private. <laughs> 
private house. He's got his own. He's actually got his own little miniature work and TV. Right. Uh, believe it or not, uh, the TV is about the size of a normal matchbox, and it, it does so many. He likes Batman, so he's, it's got so many episodes of Batman on it. He's a fan of the Cape Crusader. So he has a, yeah. a home within your home that he lives in himself. What does uh, what do you feed him on? And, and does he eat much? Uh, he loves he loves prawn crackers from the Chinese shop. Does he? <laughs> yeah. He does I mean he does eat all his seeds and that, but he, he's very partial of uh, Chinese Chinese prawn crackers. He's very partial to them, so we have to get we have to get uh, a Chinese at least once a week. So I've got some prawn crackers for him because he he loves them. <laughs> so that must be included in the order when you uh, ring up the local yeah. Chinese for your takeout. Yeah, because he knows if I've got a Chinese and he's looking for the prawn crackers. <laughs> <laughs> and he's and he he's fussy, he's fussy as well because I bought them from Tesco's, <laughs> and uh, he knows they're not from the Chinese shop. Right. <laughs> Okay, so he he has exquisite tastes uh, in, in, in his food as well. You know, you yeah. mentioned there that you know they're on. I, I remember when I had had the mice. I had a, a, a mouse, and then I had more mice. But they were devils at night time. You'd have to actually cover up their cages or whatever because they became quite active at night. And I had a fellow in a cage. You know, with a wheel that he kept running on all yeah. the time, Martin. You know, does yeah. your fellow exercise? Yeah, does your fellow exercise? Does he need exercise? These like to climb a lot, so he has some. He has like tall branches. The, 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 these type of mice are more just for climbing, right? Uh, so he he likes climbing up up and down a branch, really, than what he would a wheel. <laughs> yeah. It's these hard. harvest mice, to, to give you an example, they're only the size of a two pence piece. If you had a two pence piece in your hand, yeah. that would be the size of a harvest mouse. Tiny. They are tiny. They are tiny. They are indeed. So, how many of them have you besides Mister Jingles uh, at any one time? Because, as you said, you you breed them to release back out into the wild. The the the, the most I've had at any one time would be about two hundred. They they would be released. I don't release in the winter time, so I won't always wait until it's late when there's a bit of food about. And that. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, that's what we we'll release them. Martin, I have to yeah, ask yeah. you this. I'm being presumptuous here. I take it with 200 mice in the house, you live alone. No, no, I do have a partner. Oh, do you? Uh, the, the, yeah, only Mr. Jingles comes in the house. The others, I see. I've got a big shed outside ah, where they live. Right. In a... right, I have you now. I'm with you now. I didn't understand that. I see. <laughs> and and what about your yeah. partner? No, no, no issue with Mr. Jingles. Doesn't come between you and your partner. No. No, she's a. Uh, she's got used to the uh, the celebrity lifestyle of Mr. Jingles now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean no. he's even he's even got his little own merchandise shop now where uh, he does t-shirts and mugs and things like that. <laughs> Tell me about this online uh, presence that he has and the thousands upon thousands of followers and views he has since you started this. How did this begin uh, on the social media platforms? How, who encouraged you to well, do that? Well, it, it, it all started by accident. I didn't even have TikTok, to be honest. I didn't have Instagram. I, I, I wasn't even on Facebook. I'm like an old school person. I, like, I never bothered with any of that. And uh, my, my grandson uh, 
junior who was 10 years old, he said to me one day, because we had Mr. Jingles, and I used to often get Mr. Jingles out, like say you come about, he said, Brandon, you need to you need to put videos of Mr. Jingles on TikTok. And I was like, well, what's TikTok and how do you do the videos? <laughs> so he, he downloaded TikTok on my phone and he showed me what how to take a little video on my phone and put it on TikTok. So we put a couple of little videos up between us, him showing me what to do. And I didn't think any anything of it. And about, probably about a week later, I had a little look on TikTok. And I thought, I've got 100 people following me. I don't even know 100 people. Where these come from? Mm. And then I, was, then I started just reading some of the comments. And I thought, oh, they really like this mouth. And I just thought, well, I'll put a couple of little more bids up. And I'll just put them up. And then, then I was seeing, like, how people are uh, it's starting to make a difference in some people's lives. Because this was over the lockdown. Yeah. And, and like, like, wow. And I, I was reading the comments and I thought, I better put a video up. So I, I just kept putting a video up, putting a video up. And then I'd done the, the Tesco shopping one when I was out shopping with them. And that went viral. And then uh, I'd done one with a, with, his friend, with a dog friend called Ro. And that, that went extra viral. That hit 17.1 million views. Wow. And uh, it just rocketed from there, really. <laughs> It's such a great story. It really is, Martin. Honestly, it's from something so simple. And well done to your grandson who spotted the opportunity and encouraged you to go down this road because now there are just millions and millions all over who know about Mr. Jingles and, and you too. Yeah. You're famous. Uh, Did you ever think you'd be famous for a field mouse? Uh, this I didn't. And I, like, it's... It blew my mind away, really. How, how many people like Mister Jingles? I mean, he's got a, he's got a big fan club in Ireland as well. Because I've got yes. quite a few people who contact me regular from there. Yeah. Uh, I, I know Eddie's probably listening. The Godfather, <laughs> we call him. He's out in Ireland. He's probably listening right now. He'd be laughing when I said that. <laughs> but we we got we got a big following uh, out there. Uh, I made quite a few friends as well with people on TikTok yeah. who who do animal videos. Uh, Sabrina was another one who was on TikTok at the same time as me with a guinea pig. Uh, so you, you you start to when you when you're making these little videos and there's other people making the videos, you start making friends with different people in in different countries. So I made a few friends with with people in Ireland as well. Yeah, it's terrific. Look, it's opened so many doors for you and a little field mouse, whoever would have thought. Well, listen, we're keeping a good eye on you and I hope today there'll be more people in Ireland will check you out and see what this is all about. You've made me smile and you've made thousands and millions across the world, I'm sure, smile too with the wonderful videos yeah. that you produce. I, I thank you for joining me today. It's lovely to chat to you. Thank you very much. Thank you, Jerry. It's nice to speak to you too. Catch you again sometimes. Have a good evening. good day. You too. Take care, Martin. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye-bye.
Bye-bye. That's Martin Critzlow there speaking to me from Norfolk in England. Look him up. Look this look this guy up on TikTok, Mr. Jingles. It's something else. It really, really is. I love mice. You know that myself. No bother with me and mice. Not at all. And I think this is just a great wee story. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio this Tuesday afternoon. A big thank you to our Tommy O'Rourke. Thank you, Tommy. And all the O'Rourke, Sheila, Emma, Ailish, Christopher and Aoife. Your Christmas cards arrived today. Just today, would you believe it, posted on the 19th of December. Snail mail indeed. But thank you to the O'Rourke's in Italy. Got the cards and I've distributed them round the house as well. And we're delighted to receive them. And thank you so much for sending them in to us on uh, late lunch this afternoon. Now, I have uh, a card here um, to read to you. Uh, and I want to just thank uh, Father Paddy Rush for sending it to us. As you know, it was our 15th birthday on Friday last. And it says, Dear Jerry, Louise and Deirdre and all the team on LMFM's late lunch. I've just been listening to your birthday podcast. Listen back. Congratulations. I'm a great believer in celebrating success and marking milestones. This is a super one for you all. As you look back after 7,800 hours of broadcasting in those 15 years. Oh, Paddy can do the maths for sure. It's such a wonderful achievement and celebrated as well by all the awards you have received over that time. Well done to you personally and to your team, Louise, of course, and Deirdre, who began it all with you on your birthday show. Thanks for inviting me to be part of your journey over the years and for sharing a little piece of life in the Northeast. As they say, keep on keeping on. And that comes in with blessings from Father Paddy Rush, one of our very good friends on uh, late lunch this afternoon. I'm really delighted to receive that from you, Paddy. Thanks so much indeed uh, for getting in touch with us and sending us in uh, the birthday card. Just to let you know uh, that uh, coming up on late lunch after two on the show, John Shanahan is joining us. He's our good friend based in Houston, Texas. Spent a lot of time here in the Northeast and in fact he's coming back and he's going to give us uh, his perspective on the forthcoming US presidential election. We have our two on Tuesday to come. Tony Conlon is in the house for us this afternoon as well with his first motoring feature of the new year. We'll find out what he's driving and he's going to chat to us as well uh, about road safety. As you probably hear or heard from my voice over the last while I've been uh, I have a bloody sinusitis and I have to say uh, I'm on a run of antibiotics at this stage and I was just thinking you know today on the show I'd ask listeners people are saying to me you need to take honey you should be having more garlic are you taking the supplements the vitamin D I'll tell you folks I'm taking honey I'm taking Udo's Udo's, I'm on Udo's Super 8 for the last nearly two months at this stage. A vitamin D, vitamin C, zinc, you name it. I'm trying absolutely everything. But I, I know, and I, 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 it's just not me. I know there's a lot of uh, issues out there in the population with chest infections and uh, severe colds, flus and things like that. But I was just wondering today on the show, do you take something out there that you swear by? Is there an old remedy of your mother's or your grandmother's or whatever that you take without fail and you feel it underpins your health or helps you avoid these colds and flus and things like that? Anybody out there with something like that that you'd let me know about? I'd love to hear from you. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. You can get in touch with me. Do you take something? Do you swear by the honey? 
Do you swear by rakes of garlic? Is there anything else? Is there a concoction you put together? Or is there a supplement or a, a tonic you take as well? That might help me. I need something. I need something urgently because I'm on a run of four doses now. October, November, December and now again in January. And I'm getting fed up for it, to be honest with you. And I'd love to know if there's something out there might give me an hour lift or a boost or help me along. I'm willing to give anything a go or try anything, to be honest with you. And I know you're so good to us in late lunch land. You know what I'm talking about? Just one after another. And it seems relentless at this stage. And to be honest with you, I never like to go off my feet or lie down or anything like that. I always try to stay in my feet, battle through it, get to the point where I get over it. And uh, that's my just philosophy on it. But I was just thinking today, and it was our Katrina mentioned to me in the in the office upstairs this morning, why don't you ask the listeners? Sure, there might have something out there that can absolutely help you. 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. If you have a magic potion, a supplement, or any concoction you put together, or perhaps even only one agreement, uh, one ingredient, I'd be only too keen to hear from you on the show this afternoon. And uh, we do, of course, have Laura Armada with us on Thursday, who's talking about good health all round. And she's a fantastic woman. Don't miss her again this Thursday on the Late Lunch Show. Coming up after two, I did uh, remind you that John Shanahan is standing by uh, to chat to us in Houston, Texas. Two on Tuesday on the way. Tony Conlon with his motoring and Gavin Ring is uh, dropping in for a chat with us on Late Lunch. Oh, thank you so much for your kindness. Olive says, Jerry, all you need is some sunshine and rest. You bet, Olive. Hopefully I'll get it in the not too distant future. Patricia is adamant that a spoon of honey in the mornings is a great one for warding off colds and flu. (laughs) That's a lovely message there. I was listening to you interviewing Gay Burns' daughter yesterday, Jerry. I love listening to you. You're our gay of the Northeast. Thanks so much for that lovely message. I really do appreciate it. Listen to this one. Full remedy, Jerry, for you. Half a lemon. One inch of root ginger and a clove of garlic. Put into a pot of cold water. Bring to the boil. Strain the ingredients and drink the liquid while it's still warm. It takes three days to get rid of the cold flu, says Margaret this afternoon. Thank you so much. I am going to try that, I promise you. Um, Jerry, take a good tonic. They make them up in the chemist, about 15 euro. And uh, do rub the Vicks on your chest and leave it on all night. Uh, wash it off in the morning when you shower. It's really, really good. Thank you indeed for your suggestions for the remedies that will help me get rid of this lemon thing that's been hanging on me for weeks and weeks. Now we move on on late lunch with a good friend of ours. And actually, I caught up with him late yesterday evening in Houston, Texas, John Shanahan. He's a wonderful, wonderful guy. Big connections here in the Northeast. He's coming back shortly as well. But I wanted to chat to him about a few things like the Middle East situation, Ukraine, the Northeast here, of course, the local issue. But I began by asking him about the US presidential election, which is about to really kick off over the coming weeks. Here's John. So we're, we're approaching the primaries. We're getting close to uh, uh, the primary season. Um, in fact, uh, the initial primaries are only 60 days away, if you can believe that. So the presidential race is on, and Donald Trump appears to be uh, the front runner on the Republican side by a very substantial margin. Uh, second place, it now appears, is the former governor of South Carolina, Nikki Haley. Um, 
and she's she's doing well, but uh, but but polling only less than half of what Donald Trump is uh, collecting. So, it, it, unless there are substantial changes along the way, and of course you and listeners would be familiar with all of Mr. Trump's legal problems, it appears that Mr. Trump uh, is headed for the Republican nomination. What do you make of that? If he gets the nomination and goes up against Biden, uh, you know, the president, he's the sitting president, and normally the sitting president is in pole position. But it looks like in the swing states, the key states, that he could be outpolled by mm-hmm. a, Trump, uh, a Trump run for president. Well, that's right. Um, we look the, the same seven states that were the swing states in the last election will likely be the same, will likely be the same again. And um, Trump is polling well in those states. He's running what I would call the grievance campaign. Um, and the grievance campaign is not running on issues, not running on what he plans to do as president, although we have some inkling of that. There's been re- there have been some uh, releases about his plans if, he, if he, were, he were to be elected. But what he's doing mostly is, is, is proclaiming his grievances, and he's running a, he will, a vengeance campaign. And so uh, because he's, he's proclaiming his grievances, he's raising money. He's getting people to feel sorry for him. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the underdog, he shouts, and, uh, and people are being mean to me. And so, they, so send me more money. And so he's running a campaign to do that. And, and truth be told, Jerry, uh, what he's really doing is he's running a campaign to stay out of jail. Um, because um, if he were anybody else, he'd already be in jail by now. Uh, but the best for Donald Trump, the best way to stay out of jail is to run for president and to run a grievance campaign where he's grieving over all of his perceived issues and problems and getting people to send him money. So that's how he's financing his campaign. Now, what what happens in the fall when he's up against Mr. Biden for election, uh, we'll see. Whether he, in fact, he makes it that far is actually going to be a critical question because of the he's got a number of pending actions in various courts and in fact, there are about four different courts in which he has to appear over the course of the coming year for a variety of charges. And we'll, whether if he's found guilty on any of those charges, he's automatically disqualified for running for president. But if he does, John, and if you can cast your mind forward to next November and the election, can you see Joe Biden uh-huh. winning? The interesting thing about the Biden campaign and the candidacy is that he's, his administration is doing better than Biden's, uh, than Biden's media tells us. In other words, the, the end results, the things that are happening under the Biden administration are actually quite good. Uh, good from a job standpoint, good from an economic standpoint, uh, good from a foreign relations standpoint. Um, but unfortunately, Biden's really not uh, getting the, uh, the sort of credit, I think, in the media that he deserves. And so one of the things that I hope happens between now and November is that Biden revamps his communications team and brings in a communications team that will essentially tell the story because he has a story to tell. Uh, my, my initial training in, in, in university was in economics. And uh, I've looked recently at the economics numbers, 
and there's no argument to it. Um, the inflation is, which 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 was determined to be a problem earlier on. Inflation inflation's been brought solidly under control. Uh, consumer prices, particularly for example in petrol, uh, have have been contained. Uh, those prices, in fact, have gone down. Um, energy alternatives have been developed at a remarkable rate. Um, and so we're dealing with the climate change uh, issues, although not as quickly as anybody would like. Nobody's happy about, you know, the rate of that. But we all recognize that that's, that's going to take time. But we're addressing climate change issues. Um, we're creating jobs. We're re- we've reduced uh, inflation. And we've, we've brought consumer prices in line. All of those are facts that can be easily verified by anybody who's gotten a basic uh, a review of the, uh, the data. And uh, Biden needs to uh, make that get that get that message out. Uh, and whether he does that or not, I think will have a large impact on the campaign. You mentioned foreign relations there, and it would be remiss of me not to mention Ukraine. And I know Joe Biden and the Democrats support Ukraine to the hilt. The Republicans, well, different story altogether. And of course, the conflict in the Middle East, where you're probably aware here in Ireland, there is huge sympathy for the Palestinian people. Mm-hmm. And there's mm-hmm. a real mm-hmm. concern that Joe Biden really hasn't brought to bear his influence on the Israeli government. What do you say to that? I've given that a lot of thought, Jerry. Um, and it's a, it's a complex issue. Um, I think Biden needs to, needs to take a stronger stand with Mr. Netanyahu and his government. So let's put all, let's put the, let's, let's deal with the Israeli question first, the Israeli, uh, actions against Hamas. I'll come back to Ukraine if I may in just a moment. But, um, uh, with respect to the Israel conflict, um, very frankly, Israel brought, uh, the, um, the terrorist uh, activities of a couple of months ago largely on themselves. And, uh, and that's probably a shocking statement for many, for many to hear. But the reality is that the brutal, repressive, and oppressive uh, policies of the Netanyahu government, a far-right uh, uh, dictatorship, uh, frankly, at the, by, the, by the time all of that happened, uh, created a situation in, in Palestine, uh, in Gaza, that was just simply un- unacceptable. Um, it's it's hard to blame the Israelis on an individual basis for what happened, but from the standpoint of their government and what uh, the Likud government, uh, run by Mr. Netanyahu, has done to that country, um, there's no excuse for it. And and very frankly, while we, the United States has a long relationship with Israel, we're, we're beginning to realize, I think, in the United States, just how badly uh, Netanyahu and company have been running Israel. Um, while at the same time, American taxpayers are largely supporting it. Um, and uh, that's that's becoming a very, very serious problem. Netanyahu, as I think your listeners probably know, Jerry, was under investigation for corruption and had been, in fact, found guilty of corruption uh, prior to the start of this conflict. So he's using the so-called uh, uh, war council that he's created, a, a mixture of various folks in government in Israel, uh, to take the heat off of him and at the same time justify the uh, the the absolutely 
miserable, terrible uh, activities that he's taken against the Palestinians in Gaza. Now, that doesn't excuse the, the terrorism uh, that the, the, uh, the Gaza, uh, that, that, the, that Hamas has, un, has undertaken in Gaza. But it certainly points, makes it clear that both parties have a lot of, have a lot of blood on their own hands. Ukraine is a proxy war for the advance of Russia in Europe. Uh, that's, that's the bottom line. We, have, we absolutely must, must stop Russia in Ukraine. Um, if we don't do it uh, before it's all over, they'll be in Poland next, in the, uh, uh, in, the in the Baltic states right after that. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, it'll be knocking on the front door of NATO. And when they get into Poland and the Baltic states, NATO will be involved. The United States will be involved. And uh, frankly, to put it very bluntly, it'll be held to pay in Europe with another world war. So we've got to stop the Russians in the Ukraine. Uh, the Ukrainians are good people. The decent people, uh, they 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 want uh, they want to live their lives without the Russian uh, olig- the Russian oligarchs running the businesses in Ukraine. Ukraine, Russia wants Ukraine because it's a very rich, productive country, and um, um, they've taken they took um, Crimea um, uh, some years before by just simply walking in and taking over. And um, it's time to draw a line and support um, the Ukrainian government, the Ukrainian people uh, right now. And, and, and the, the United States government uh, hopefully will get will get back in the, into doing that when the Congress reconvenes later this month. Let's uh, move the conversation more to a, a local level, John. And I know you keep a good eye on what's happening here in your beloved northeast, and in particular Drogheda, and uh, you're very optimistic about what's been going on the last year or so. Oh, I'm I'm excited. The, the uh, Drogheda has always been a city that uh, I think has been underrated uh, and underappreciated. Um, I think it's a terrific place. Um, the uh, there's good news on the Braemore Port expansion program that's moving forward. Uh, there's good news on uh, the activities of the Business Improvement District in Drogheda. That's been doing a terrific job. Uh, the, uh, the recent Christmas lights situation in in, uh, in Drogheda, the arts. Festival and the uh, uh, the merchant uh, shopping card in uh, Drogheda has been just a terrific boon to the city, and so uh, you know hopefully uh, Drogheda will continue to grow and prosper. I'm looking to see the uh, the port access route uh, completed. Uh, that appears to be moving forward with the help of the government, um, and so there's and, and there's new housing being built on the north side of Drogheda, a substantial amount now being built, and so Drogheda is a Drogheda is an exciting city. It's a place to keep your eye on. Uh, for those of you who might not be who in, the, in the listening area who might not have been in town recently, I encourage you to do that, uh, to enjoy this wonderful historic town. There's exciting things going on in Drada, and uh, uh, I'm, I'm very, very keen on good news for Drada. John, it's great always to talk to you, and hopefully we'll see you back here in a visit uh, during 2024. Congratulations on your uh, significant recent birthday. Health and happiness always, and always, and good luck for the new year ahead, John. Thank you very, very much, Jerry. Looking forward. I'll be back in just a matter of a couple of weeks, and uh, uh, looking forward to enjoying all of the wonderful things of Georgia and the Northeast that we've talked about on this radio show today. Have a great new year. Best wishes to you and your listening audience. Isn't he uh, a wonderful man, John Shanahan? He's a very wide 
and uh, experienced view of the world and what a voice that man has. Incredible. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio Short Break and we're back with our Two on Tuesday. It's time for our Two on Tuesday. Two on Tuesday. Playing the songs that just never quite made it to number one. But we were so close. I'd love to be number one. We're so close. Two on Tuesday. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Going back to the 60s, we're at two and Tuesday today. The Beatles, they had so many number one singles. In fact, from 1963 up until March 1967, all their singles went to number one. This was the first one that didn't in that period of time. Double A-side single, Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields. It's our two on Tuesday, this Tuesday. Penny Lane, there is a barber showing photographs Of every head he's had the pleasure to know And all the people that come and go Stop and say hello Our two on Tuesday, Penny Lane from the Beatles on your late lunch this Tuesday afternoon. Now, they had such a run of number ones, it took something special to keep that one off top spot. Well, when I tell you, the song that did was originally released by Eddie Miller in 1949 and covered by so many people in the interim. But what a hit it was for Mr. Engelbert Humperdinck. Six weeks at number one. Keeping the Beatles off top spot. It's Release Me. Please release me, let me go. For I don't love you anymore. Let me go. Yes, Mr. Engelbert Humperdinck with the song that prevented the Beatles making it to number one with their big one. Yes, uh, the double A-side, Penny Lane and Strawberry Fields. What a song, Engelbert. That was his ticket for life, wasn't it? And many more besides. I must include him, uh, actually, as Artist of the Week one week because he had many, many big hits. You're with Late Lunch on LMFM Radio Short Break and he's waiting to <laughs> jump into the driving seat and away we go for another year. Tony Connellan's with us next. Delight. 
delighted to have him back with us for another year. Tony Connell, Happy New Year and welcome back to the show. Thanks, Jerry, and many happy returns. Yeah. And I Thank want you. to tell them again, you are the longest serving correspondent regular in LMFM Radio's history and it's great to have you. I only recently knew that, actually. <laughs> yeah, you are. It was making me feel old, yeah. <laughs> Not at all, <laughs> not at all. Oh, you, it's a pleasure. When, yeah, when you that. love cars and I drive know, cars yeah. like you do, yeah. how could you not be young at yeah. heart forever, yeah. Tony? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, it's great to have you with us. Thanks, What's sir. out in the car park today? I always like Kia, to ask you. Kia EV9, Jerry. It's uh, the new big electric one from Kia. Two versions of it. Uh, GT versions, the one I'm driving. It's it's all electric and the prices vary from 77000 to 85000 It's not going to sell an awful lot, but it's a, a, such a luxurious six-seater. Six it can also be a seven-seater. You can get a seven-seater version. All the equipment in the world, all high-tech stuff, really mm. high-tech stuff. Now, as you say, and, and to be honest, and we're li- people listening to us today, they say when you talk about those type of figures, money, as you say, uh, you know, it, it's probably beyond, uh, uh, no, oh, it's definitely beyond the reach yeah. of, of most people yeah. listening to yeah. us. Yeah. But to talk about a car like that, in terms of charging and range, what what will you get out of well, it? Well, the range of reading it there today, I'm... I'm uh, I'm down to, uh, I started off at about 4.34 when I collected the car. Yeah. I'm down now to uh, three, three, 2.99 actually. Okay. I'm after being above in Tesco to get a little bit of a charge in before yes. I came here. And because two charging points in trim were broken down. Right. And I rang this morning and I got a lovely gentleman to tell me that they will be rejigged or whatever Friday afternoon. So like that's liquid into a petrol station being told, there's come no back, come back on Friday. Yes. You know, yeah, so yeah. anyway, look, there's one in Drogheda working perfectly anyway. Yeah. And uh, it is all electric and that is the range. Mm. And the temperature is down and it's it's holding at that. It's, yeah. it's doing okay. Temperatures affect these cars, yes, yes, it? Yes, yes. Temperatures can affect them. Weight can affect them. Uh, the whole thing I, I see that can affect them is bigger than anything else is to go in there, you're different drive modes. Why would you buy an electric and go into sport mode? I, it's beyond me because yeah. you're not going to get the range that, that's required yes. or that you want. So you go into eco mode and you can put up the, the paddles and regenerate more when you lift your foot off the accelerator like going down a hill or whatever. It's like self-braking the car itself. So you're going to get a little bit more power back into it. Look, as I said to you, it's... It's for some people and it certainly works for some people. There's no doubt all about it. Yeah. The big long journeys is a different thing. But this Kia, this is a Kia there with EV6 too. Like they're, mm. they're a long time ahead. The Nero, yes, the Nero yes, plug-in yes. is the nearest thing I've seen that will do 50-odd kilometres on pure electric drive plus you have the petrol engine. So, look... Uh, the range is getting there. You get over 500 up to 500, mid 400 odd 50, you're, you're going to be a little bit happier. Yeah. You know. And and it's important to say that Kia have uh, other cars at uh, price brackets that are well affordable. Oh, absolutely. For, yeah, absolutely. for so many yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. just want to clarify yeah. that. But it's an interest to see Koreans gone up there where they've come from, Jerry. Mm. They're up now up there beyond... The yeah. luxurious sector, the and, premium, you know. And while we're, while we're on electric, I, I, something jumped at me in the last uh, number of days. I said it mentioned you when you were here with me. BYD, who, who you yeah, introduced yeah, yeah, to yeah. us uh, here on, on late lunch as well, has outsold Tesla. Yes, uh, yes, in sales worldwide, yes. you know it, 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 that's significant. It is, and like we've said this, said this before. Like it's like if you're doing something, you do your research, and I, I keep saying this. It's not an advertisement for them or anything like that. For more distributors limited to take on BYD. They've done their homework. Mm. Here you have the only manufacturer in the world of electric vehicles that manufacture everything themselves. They started off small as battery manufacturers, not too many years ago. And now they've 
all these models. You have the the otter tree. Yes. You have the the dolphin that's just recently. It's there. just in there. Just before Christmas. It's a really uh, suave looking car. It, it is, the shape yeah. of it. I wait to see the seal. The seal is going to be launched at the end of this month. I think it's already in showrooms actually. Will it be launched at the press at the end of this month? So there's three models within six months nearly in the country. I know I knew they're going to manufacture all these cars in Hungary. They're yeah. building a huge manufacturing plant in Hungary, and of course they're opening up more. <coughs> excuse me. Garages and distributors around the country to sell them, like show- showrooms. Yeah, and these come in at a price point that's worth checking out. Ah, it is, say, like, it, it the is. A, and, and the big price difference here is that between the base model and the top model, there's only like two and a half grand of a difference for, for mm. basically getting everything. So, you know, the one that's selling is the one with all the bells and whistles, you know. Yeah. Let's talk about a couple of other marks uh, while you're with us. You want to talk about the Nissan Aria. Yes, interestingly what Nissan have done here. This is a very interesting car, the Aria. What they've done with the car is... uh They've lowered the price, but they lowered the price by bringing in a base, a, a baser version with with less. It was an ex, a little bit expensive when it came out, I suppose, first. Uh, but now it's priced at forty three thousand five hundred. This is a very substantial SUV electric vehicle, and this is something that people will lynch on to have to go into the Nissan showroom and look at and see what you're actually now getting for the money. I cannot remember what the original was. I was at the launch abroad in Spain or somewhere. Uh, for, for it, I remember there was dust and, and uh, uh, kind of this dust from what they call it, volcanoes or something on the yes. racetrack that we drove on. It was all covered in it. But uh, is this an all electric? You're this is all about electric. Here? Yeah, yeah. And uh, like about just over forty. Forty three, and, <clears throat> and then you can go right up to fifty, fifty six, three hundred, uh, and these are all inclusive of uh, government grants. So like. The advanced grade starts at 45849 But just go in and check and see what you're getting for the money. You, you, you know, you, some may twist your arm to spend another few pounds. But I would say it's not a bad buy at all. OK. It's not a bad buy. It's a beautifully built car. OK. Now, let's talk about Toyota, because for the third year in a row, they're number one in Ireland. They are, yeah, yeah. The, the look, we, we remember when, well, I do, maybe there's a lot of listeners don't remember when they first came into the country. And unlike the escort or like a lot of the cars around, they gave you headrests, they gave you a radio and uh, mud flaps. That's not that right? <laughs> yeah, that's right? And then, of course, dependability. You could never make a shilling out of them as a motor mechanic. Uh, all you could do is change the oil and filters and yes. the air filters. They never broke down, you know. Mm. So that, 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 that's gone into generations, maybe second, third generation of families in Ireland. And that's why you have the Toyota Corolla, the Toyota Yaris, the Toyota La- Yaris Cross, which is kind of a, it's a little Yaris and stilts such, a bit higher, and the Toyota CHR, which is a brand new one out now. They're in the top 10. Yeah, four in the top, top ten, ten yeah. cars yeah, in yeah, Ireland. Yeah, Toyota have yeah, more yeah. than anybody else. Yeah, they look, they're, they're, yeah, they look, they're like a rock star, you know, like they're just right well up there. And uh, I think you're right in what you say. Toyota have uh, fans and and fans that span generations at this stage. The, the, you're on the mark there for sure, yeah. Tony. And I have to say, the new CHR, it's a, yeah. it's fabulous looking it, it car. Is. Like they're doing all the right things, and long long may it continue. They sold sixteen thousand five hundred and thirty two cars in 2023 I think that's about 13.5% of the market yeah. closing 2023 so hopefully to kick off to a good now I'm, I, I'd say hopefully the one thing that can catch everyone out here is prices and the yeah. cost of money so let everyone hold their heads and not, not get uh, 
too mad, mad about things, you know. Now, the Peugeot, the new Peugeot 208, a word about that you want to have well, with us today. The, what do you know of this? There's a new Peugeot 208. I, all I know is, a re, excuse me, a re, I drove recently the revamped 2008. Put in, it's beautiful, stylish front. It even made a prettier, Jerry. The two fangs either side now and whatever. Uh, real self-identifying car. <laughs> they were introducing the electric in the 308, the hatchback, and in the station wagon, the 308, that's coming. And the 208, it's again, it's a revamp, Jerry. It's a lot of little twigs and changes to it. And uh, they have a beautiful range of cars. I think I said to you last year, it's one of the dealerships if I was young again and I wanted to start to look for a dealership, I think I'd be knocking at the Lions door there and kind of said mm. will you they're stylish will you let me, aren't they will and you, the I comfort d- the comfort that's one thing through the years French cars are yeah. renowned for like it's 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 a great advantage to be in the business I, I would think like Toyota and like Nissan even like the cars we speak about BYD now come along the cars can help sell themselves it's not a big sell you know that you that you can sit down there like the prettiness of the Peugeot is uh, right across the board Jerry right across the board is self-evident and uh that's why, that's why. It's a good dealership's a big company now. More and more, Nicky Smith was here at me at the start, the first show of the new year back. We were just chatting about this, like uh, he was with us back 15 years ago when we began this show on the first day and he was just reflecting on how the industry has changed in 15 years since we went on the air here. And he was just saying, like, the push to electric is just unstoppable now. It is. And, you know, you mentioned Nicky Smith and we uh, go back a long time with Nick, Nicky Smith myself. And interesting, the family business is Dan and himself and that. And here's the real interesting thing, I don't really know, Jerry, but his two sons are going into the same business. And like that's that's family. Like When you see Smiths over the door, that is family. Yeah. You know, there's names over doors, I haven't a clue who they are. Yeah. But, Smiths, that's family. Yeah, yeah. It's just uh, something I picked up with with him as well and uh, the way our chats have changed as well over the years. Uh, There's no doubt, as you say, there's always a place. There's a place for the petrol. There's a place for the diesel still. Uh, We're in big transition, but the transition wheel is really turning now, isn't it? Into 24. Yeah, but the whole thing about transition is... uh, just one more than this, Jerry. That that as you said, the wheel is in motion. There's no doubt at all about that. And it was, as I said, he announced the Mercedes E-Class launch by Mercedes themselves, and it was known factor that this thing is not going to really happen to 2035. And that's when the cease become. It was going to be 2030 when they stop manufacturing and petrol cars and diesel, diesel cars. cars. But at the moment, you can get the E-Class and petrol, diesel and PEV plug-in and hybrids and diesel hybrids. So it's it's dark. Don't be... Let no one force this upon us. Like, like as I said to you about the parking meters, I want to charge my car and then I'm told Friday evening. That's not a service. Yes. That is not a service by by uh, by the electrical company. There's no question to talk about that. So you want, the whole PR thing has to be in motion. And then let's not say that the prices of EVs, electric vehicles are coming down, while in actual fact they might be frozen a bit. Like you see, we mentioned there, the Nissan has come down in price. Yeah. But Petrols and diesels are going up slowly, and now there's nearly parity between them. Where, really yes. speaking, you know what I mean? Yeah, you don't want any propaganda. And that this point thing. about I know you can have your and you need your home charging point, but the infrastructure is a big thing as well yeah. that still yeah. needs a lot of working on. Tony Collins with us on late lunch. If you want to ask him anything, 086-1800-658 by WhatsApp or text. When we come back, Tony wants to talk to you about safety on the road. Tony Conlon's with us on late lunch. Now, you, you, we were talking, you and I, yesterday, and you said to me, Jerry, I want to talk tomorrow for a wee while about road safety. And, of course, 
we are in uh, the coldest snap we've had this winter so far. And most of our winters have been mild. But you see the mornings, the roads, there's plenty of ice on the roads, the footpaths and everything. And we're going minus temperatures again tonight and for the next few nights. Yes. Look, it's not that I'm no expert on on this, Jerry, uh, but I've been preaching it for a long time and even writing about it. And a lot of it is, is common sense. Uh, unfortunately we're after speaking about lovely shiny new cars what you want to do is they're built with so many safety devices now to protect you and your family and friends in a car and take that on board but it has to be controlled and and we're we're listening and speaking to drivers today what is causing God knows we don't we're not quite sure but look there's a whole lot of bad habits out there speed speed is a bad habit there's no question at all about it. It's uh, and in, in in the wrong circumstances. You know what I mean. Not reading, not reading the lines of the car, not reading things properly. The weather conditions or whatever else. You mentioned the weather. Just we're putting trust. You're putting trust in a council lorry to spread salt. There's no doubt at all about it. They're doing brilliant work. But if anything happened that lorry, if it stopped, if the weather changed, temperature changes, you're 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 putting too much trust. People are buying cars to have the temperature gauge on. It's not the temperature gauge of your engine I'm speaking about. It's given the outside temperature. Do people actually look at this? Because from four degrees down, that's the signal for lorries to go out and salt our streets and roads. Four degrees or less. Not not minus four, four degrees. And that, that's that's it. So what's the other thing you're tr- putting trust in? <coughs> Excuse me, roadways, country roads with hedges that are not cut. They never dry out in this time of the year. You just look at the roads. They don't dry. And they're, hence they're covered in frost. What about your tyres? Well, many times have we spoken about tyres. Tyre pressures, they will say less than six degrees, you, you should have winter tyres. We don't do winter tyres in this country. Maybe we should start looking at it if we had bad winters and such. But one drive nicely in road conditions or snow is enough just to slow up and, and watch the braking. The, the checks you do, and here are so many companies nowadays that have to do daily checks on their vans, on their cars and everything. That should be compulsory, I think. Now, how do you judge it compulsory? We've laws for this and that, but it should be in, entrusted for people to do it themselves also on their own cars. When is the last time you looked to see which your headlights clean? Maybe you didn't get a chance to wash your car recently, but forget about the glossy doors and the bonnet. You want clean headlamps and clean taillights. That's what you need. And check that your lights are working. When is the last time oh there's a streak in my wipers actually I'll get it done in a week's time or something get it done now if your wipers are not working properly or cleaning your windscreen properly get it done have you stuff in your, in your stuff to prevent your yeah, windscreen washer from freezing yeah. you know your jets yeah. from freezing what yes. do you do there have you the, um, the icer the winter checks the wipers the touch screens we mentioned so much about modern cars and the touch screens let's just think for a second here and let me not be old fashioned here the car that I'm driving is about 86,000 I think I said it is it's EV high tech there's more screens than you have in this studio you know you're touching this but yet there's conventional buttons for little things I want to adjust without taking my eyes off the road that's very important there's big screens now in cars we won't mention manufacturers but I oh, look we will Tesla BYD even the one that turns and everything. big screens I'm not oh, many cars now have screens but they're getting bigger touch screens just be careful learn where you don't take your eyes off the road talk to them Talk, Use the voice recognition, Tony, as well. And I'm a devil for not doing it. My wife is excellent at it. Use the talk rather than taking your eyes off. The, and, you know, that split second, unless you're familiar where the touch goes, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Got to just be so Well, the, the talk, yes, Jerry, and thanks for 
prompting on that one because that's very, very important. And what I, if I owned a car for long enough, I probably would, uh, it would get used to be me, that yeah. maybe, you know. But yes, no, you're very, very good in that. Lack of con- concentration. Driving is a beautiful thing. You should get into a car and enjoy it and enjoy what's around you but and don't try and be nervous. Driver training for the young people. We've, we've said this. I'm saying this for 20 years now. And Lord of Mercy and Rosemary Smith and our good friend Tony Turner took this up at training young people in, 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 in schools and this sort of thing. So if you want to, if that lovable grandchild or son or daughter or whatever, just think of training for them. Where can you get extra training? That's the most important thing in life. To get someone good training, good driver's lessons, and never like, you go back and do another bit of training. Refresh you know, it. Refresh it. And if there's such a thing as someone Google it, is there advanced, I don't know where it is, I don't know, one years ago, advanced driving course, do it, do it. I think a few things I want to come back to that you mentioned there, speed. And I have to say that to myself as well, to slow down. This 30 mile, this 30 kilometre thing is going to come in across the country oh, yeah. now in yeah. urban areas. And that's going to be a real shake up for all of us is, in terms of completely slowing down yeah. in urban areas. That is on the way, folks, whether you like it or not. And if you've if driven in the UK in the last number of years, last 10, 15 years, you will see it over there. They are really adamant and they clamp down on this with cameras and with mobile units or ever 30 kilometers in, in built up areas i want to go back to the tires because i want i, w- yeah. I want to say this as well so many people just never look at their tires they yeah. just never consider you know that a tire has a lifetime yes. people think you put them on or you get a yes. car and you yes. they do you forever you know that's not no. the case no. and i would say if you go to your car today and look at your tires a lot of people are going to be shocked at what they find in terms of the lack of thread. Absolutely. And you've been on this case for I, years. I, I'm, on, I'm just going to repeat something I've said here many years ago, that that your passengers behind your beautiful children sitting behind you are driving, are probably wearing state-of-the-art trainers or runners. They won't, you won't buy the cheap ones for them. They won't wear them, possibly. But you'll buy cheap tyres. And you're putting your family behind in risk. And you're not checking. You Before you go on holidays, look what happens... They walk around on an aeroplane. They check everything on an aeroplane. Mm. Same with cars. You're going down the road. Check. Check the treads. You don't have to be a motor mechanic to see. A tire will tell you a story. Oh, absolutely. And and, and it's frightened me at times. And I think uh, a lot of people don't pay uh, regard that. Modern cars as well, by the way, will tell you when you need to inflate your tire. You know that. Yeah, that's right. It's a great thing. Now, yeah. older ones, not. But certainly the modern cars, I've seen it in mine. Yes. You know, and it'll tell you which tire exactly needs, needs attention. Yes. You know, tire pressures is a key thing as well at this time of the year. Absolutely. There's no doubt at all about it. And uh, if you don't know how to do it, like I know it's getting more complicated to get parked and maybe in some service stations or whatever. Sometimes even they're charging now for air. But go into your go into where you buy your tires and ask the lads or the girls or whatever to please check your tires. You can buy a gauge in the motor factors and just check it for yourself. Where do you get the pressure readings? Well, it's in just your book, your service book. It's in the book of the car, or it's on the. F- Flap of the fuel, you it's know. It's up to us as individuals. You can't pass the responsibility on to anyone else. It's your car. It's your life. It's other lives as well. Just one final thing on the on the phone thing. It's not just about motors I'm speaking about here. And it only happened to me yesterday in my own town. A lady walks across on the phone on the pedestrian crossing. You are asking a driver to put so much trust. Yes. 
There could be a child crying in the back of that car. The concentration could be lacking and you could be knocked down. Well said as well. On the phones, even if you're not driving. And uh, Mary onto us there as well. What about walkers and runners who uh, are not illuminated either as well? It's a challenge for oncoming drivers. We agree with you there, Mary. You've got to take responsibility as well. Tony Conlon, until the next time, we'll see you in the month of February. Thank you for joining us. Very welcome, Jerry. Thank you. The Late Lunch Artist of the Week. Artist of the Week. Yes, I'm bringing it all back home this week with Mr. Christy Moore and I told you about him yesterday growing up in Kildare's early life his mammy rearing him and uh, how he got into the music business when he quit his banking job well, 1973 was a significant year for Christy because it brought us his first major record release called Prosperous isn't there a town in Kildare called Prosperous? There is indeed and uh, he along with Mr. Liam O'Flynn Andy Irvine and Donald Lunny came together to form a group called Planksty. They weren't always known as Planksty. They were known as CLAD, an acronym of their names, but Planksty sounds much better, doesn't it? He uh, stuck with Planksty for a couple of years, but in 75, he uh, went off solo yet again. But, you know, over the years... Uh, Planksy have reformed on a number of occasions and they have still a big loyal following. If they were ever to come together again, people would be uh, queuing for the tickets or online and not able to get them. You know what I mean? Anyway, he also formed the band Moving Hearts with Lunny and another group of musicians in 1987. And uh, a big significant move for Christy was in 1980. Uh, I spoke to Gay Byrne's daughter Susie yesterday on the show. Well, Gay had him on the Late Late Show and he performed with the Dubliners for their 25th anniversary and really things took off for Christy from that point onwards. Today, my Christy Moore song was written by the late, great Shane McGowan. I love it. It's a pair of brown eyes. One summer's evening drunk as hell I sat there nearly lifeless an old man in the corner sang Where the water lilies grow On the jukebox Johnny sang About a thing called love Singing how are you kid? What's your name? And what do you know? In blood and death need to scream and sky I lay down on the ground The arms and legs of other men Less scattered all around Some cursed and prayed And prayed and cursed And then they prayed some more But the only thing I could see Was a pair of brown eyes Looking at me When we got back Level parts one to three There was no pair of brown eyes Waiting for me And roving, roving, roving I'll go Roving, roving, roving I'll go Roving, roving, roving I'll go For a pair of brown eyes a pair of brown eyes, brown eyes. My artist of the week, Mr. Christy Moore, and a pair of brown eyes. The Shane McGowan song on your late lunch this afternoon. I'll bring you more 
in song and words about Christy round about this time tomorrow afternoon on the show. Final break of the day on the way and I'm looking forward to a catch up with my next guest. He's on the way into studio. Mr Gavin Ring is with me in a moment. The room is full of energy. It always is when Gavin Ring comes calling. <laughs> Welcome back. It's been a while. Happy New Year, Jerry. Great to be back. Oh, it's great to have you with us on the show today. A, a little birdie tells me, a good, a mutual friend of ours, Miss Celine Byrne. Oh, yeah. Y- you were in her company recently performing. Absolutely. We were down in Killarney on Sunday night. Uh, myself and Celine, we put on a wonderful concert of opera and operetta and Irish stuff and Broadway and everything. And uh, Asher the Kerry crowd went wild for it. <laughs> well, you see, they had one of their own. She's some character, isn't she, ah, Celine? She's brilliant. She's, she's brilliant. real, like yourself. Real down to earth person. Exactly, yeah, exactly. And what I love about Celine there, and it's a kind of a philosophy of mine, is to take the stuffiness out of classical music because I suppose it's garnered a reputation now and then of being a little bit snobby and a bit sort of ordnosic, as we'd say down in Kerry. And, uh, you know, Celine just takes that away, and it's something that I feel ver- I'm very attracted to that as well. And, you know, it's something that uh, that I feel very strongly about. And I think just as you say, bring it, bring it back to the, bring it back down to basics and allow ordinary people to be able to enjoy it. Well, I have to say that. I've come to that view over the years that it is for absolutely everybody totally. because I've attended more concerts, more classical events and I was at the New Year's Day, I was just telling you a moment yes, ago, yes. Celine and the, the National Symphony Orchestra. I mentioned it on the show here. It's one of those days you'll never forget. You did that, did you, the previous year? That's right. So, yeah, so New Year's Day 2023, myself yes. and Sinead Campbell-Wallace, we did a concert. It's They, they do it annually, obviously, yes. the National Symphony Orchestra and it really is such a special, special, special day. It's great to be involved in it, obviously, as a performer but uh, I, I've been to it as an audience member too and uh, I suppose it was last year it was a dream come true for me to do that concert mm. I've been knocking on the door to say can I do that concert can I do that concert and uh, you know eventually it paid off persistence is everything Jerry Absolutely <laughs> and and you know what a year 23 has been for you uh, and let's talk about on, on, on a local level Yes because Pauline Ashwood who uh, founded and drove forward the Drogheda Classical for years and mm. years you now have a assume the mantle from Pauline <laughs> big big shoes Jerry big big shoes but I've been loving it you know obviously I took over there in September and uh, we've uh, we've we've finished the first half of our season and Jerry I'm a Liverpool supporter you know and um, uh, the thing about Liverpool is it's always a very good start to the season it's always a very good first half but it's always an even better second half and it's the same can be said now of uh, Drogheda Classical Music for our second half of our series going forward in 2024 we, re- we have a fantastic lineup of artists and it begins on the 19th of January you can pronounce the names <laughs> I ain't going to yeah I've, I've had to do a bit of practice here right now but I think I've got it right so look we we kick off as it were on the 19th of January next week St Peter's Church of Ireland with the Finnish Dutch cellist Jonathan Roosman and uh, he's partnered on piano by Varvara Nepomniaschaya and uh, she's a wonderful wonderful Russian pianist and they've got a no Jonathan Roosman is in particular he's I suppose something of a prodigy he's like if to take a look at him you'd swear he just came out of primary school but he is just incredible and to watch him at work on the cello is a sight to behold it's like watching someone like Lionel Messi or Gooch Cooper or something like that it really is it's just a mass it's an exhibition so I did anybody who's out there if you want to beat those January blues come to us next week at St Peter's Church of Ireland 7 o'clock we'll have a pre-concert talk which is free and you know everything everything that's free in life has to be good Jerry um, by virtue of the fact that it's free and um 
that's what myself and Jonathan will be. That's something I've introduced actually uh, this year at the series is uh, a pre-concert talk half an hour before kickoff, as it were, 10, 15 minutes with one or more of the artists. And we chat about life, we chat about performing, we chat about the programme, we sort of just break it down for the audience. And it sort of, again, it relaxes the performers. It relaxes me, certainly, anyway. <laughs> and uh, it relaxes the audience as well. And actually, they've been a big hit. There's, out, there's always a big attendance at the pre-concert talks yes. as well. And as I say, it's just a way to sort of just, you know, get into the mood for the evening, you know. Mm. And it's also a good opportunity if you want to get a good seat at St. Peter's Church of Ireland to come in at 7 o'clock and you'll get, you'll, get, you'll get right up the front, as they say. Can you pay in the door? Oh, you better book it in advance, aren't you, though? Oh, 100% yeah. absolutely. So you can book it through Drihid Arts. Uh, they're obviously our, our artistic partners here in the lovely town of Drogheda. And... Uh, so you can ring them up or you can do it online. Uh, you can come to the door if you want, but as I say, it's uh, you're better off to book on, you're better off to pre-book. Um, this year we have uh, some really good rates, actually. We've got, uh, so for under 18s, it's only €5 Euros in. If you're a student and you have your student card, it's €10. Euros. And there's also family rates as well. And there's... Uh, the regular tickets are just €20 Euro, and then there's a, there's a concession fee then for um, all the pensioners and things like that at uh, at €18. Euro. So it's really, really good value for money. And that's the 19th. That's coming up very yeah. soon. Now, don't talk about the others because they're a little bit far ahead, but we will, will come back to them. 9th of February, 2nd of March and the 19th of April yeah. are the other three concerts to come in, in the series. But nearer to the time, the 19th is the one now. This one next week is the one to get along to, whet your appetite oh, yeah. and set it up for the springtime of the year. Absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. And as I say, you know, January is a tough old month. We know yeah. what it's like. You know, we've we've had the Christmas. We had a great yes. time over the Christmas, and yes. everybody's taking down their twinkly lights. And uh, you know, we're sort of we're, we're we're back in the gym, and you know, we're staying away from the mince pies and all that type of thing. Why not sort of counterbalance that with a wonderful concert next week? As I say. Uh, at St. Peter's Church of Ireland and I mean St. Peter's Church of Ireland is just one of those places that you go to obviously not just for music um, but it's 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 so full of history it's, mm. it's, a, it's a wonderful space to immerse yourself in it really is I mean Drogheda is so so lucky that it has a space like that uh, for performance and uh, you know you won't regret it The acoustics are unbelievable in the place I've experienced it over the years as well and it, uh, Gavin is absolutely right it's an experience to behold and if you haven't go along Te- dip the toes in the water and I tell you you will be back I guarantee you you'll be smitten by it for, for sure Absolutely that's the thing we have as well like you know if I, we, we always find that whoever goes to it let's say they, they try it out once they're back for the following one <laughs> and they're sure. back for the following one because it really is incredible I mean Drogheda Classical Music and okay I might be a little bit biased when I say this but I think it is the best classical music series in the country and I say that obviously because the calibre of artists that, that we get it's it's right up there with what you would get at Wigmore Hall in London or Carnegie Hall in New York. It's right up there. You that's what that that's 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 what that's the quality that you have. Mm. And um and as I say, uh in terms of a venue, in terms of acoustics, in terms of atmosphere, you're not going to get better than St. Peter's Church of Ireland. And as I say, like it's it's in the heart of Drada. Drada is a town which is steeped in history and culture. It's so ripe for something like this. And uh, as I say, like, you know, I, 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 I make no apologies, as I say. <laughs> <laughs> I told you this room is electric since this man stepped in. And, and, and that transfers, I can tell you, into these concerts and all around it. Look, the other, the other thing about last year, I was just looking at you, Glyndebourne again, the opera there, world-renowned, Gavin Ring is there, <laughs> BBC Proms again, world-renowned. And our own electric picnic. We have to mention that, oh, of course, Absolutely. God, you're keeping tabs with me. No, well, no, they're no, a jolly good but, man. What a year. 
year. You know what I mean? For you personally. Oh, it has been. It's been a great year, no, thank God. And obviously we're sort of we're the we're the far side of the pandemic now, which is yes. great. And uh, and that means obviously everything is back to full tilt. And yeah, I've had a great year. We had a wonderful season at Lineborn and at the BBC Proms and and whatnot, you know, it's 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 it's. What can I say, Jerry? It's it's a, it's a privilege to do what I do for a living. It really mm. is, and uh, and and as well to be, you know, involved now with Drogheda classical music on top of everything else is just 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 the cherry on top. And of course, you are now domiciled in the beautiful village of Black Rock in That's County right. Loud with Nicola and and the three younger ones as well. That's right. Living living life to the full in the most beautiful place. Oh, absolutely. I sure look, Black Rock is absolutely gorgeous. It really is. Like you know, one of the stipulations that I always had with Nicola because obviously, look, I'm from Kerry and I grew up with the sea and all that. Yes, yes. I says no matter where we're living, says I. I says I, I I need the sea to be close by. It's just it's just it's just something in me. And I suppose, look, it, I'm 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 right there on the water's edge in Black Rock and I'm able to go for a swim and um, I'm saving up for a boat actually at the moment so hopefully I'll be able to I'll be able to throw the few pennies together in the next few years and uh, do a bit of fishing for pollock and mackerel and things you know no bother to you oh, I'll tell you that's one thing I missed they don't really come in shore anymore and I haven't got great sea legs for the boat but uh, a fresh mackerel from the Irish Sea Gavin oh you can't there's nothing it. to beat it you can't be, actually I saw one, one saw a wonderful programme actually on RTE it was on Nationwide it was all, all about the sea load Yes. Uh, uh, initiative where it's all about the, the the wonderful seafood and things that you ha- that we have here in County Loud and it really is you know I I, I said look I'm from Kerry we've got great seafood down there but Loud is right up there it certainly is listen it's great to see you thanks for popping in today you've really brought the energy to proceedings just reminding you again 19th of January draw the classical wonderful lineup and more besides in February March and April. Good luck to you with everything. Thank you for joining me today, Gavin. Jerry, you're a gent. Thanks a million. That's it on Late Lunch for this Tuesday afternoon. Eddie's coming next with The Drive on LMFM Radio. We'll see you tomorrow for Midweek Late Lunch from 1.30.